Hello, and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. For genuine Christ followers, there is a bright future. Wow, heaven just ahead, somewhere in the future. I'm talking about a place where relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Father, with with the Holy Spirit is forever. We're talking about a place where there's no more, no more sorrow and sadness and, and isolation and, and sickness and death and uh, a place where we will enter into the full joy of, of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And I could talk all day about that. But my question is this. Why in the world doesn't God take us straight to our eternal destination as soon as we come into His family? Well, I'm sure that there's more than one reason, but I will tell you this. Here is a huge reason as I look at the Word of God. It is this. Jesus has a mission for us. Let me read to you a passage that you must be very familiar with, but listen as if you're hearing it for the first time. Matthew 28, 18 says, And Jesus came up and spoke to them. The them would be his disciples, his followers. He was saying to these 11 disciples, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. What a wonderful passage of Scripture that gives us marching orders as a church, that gives us a mission. The Apostle Paul put it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 18. He said, Now all these things are from God. Now he's just uh, got finished saying that we're new creations in Christ Jesus. All these things are from God. It is a sovereign work of God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And He has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. It's as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Do you see that we have a mission. Jesus has a mission for us here on this earth. We are His representatives. We are His ambassadors. He's committed to us the word of reconciliation. In other words, He's given us the ministry of reconciliation. He's given us the privilege of sharing the word of the good news of Jesus Christ that helps people when they turn to Christ and turn to God in faith believing. They can be converted. They can be reconciled to God. We have that awesome privilege to participate in this mission that that God has given the church. So in this series that we are calling Church Essentials, We've been looking at the early New Testament church in Acts to get an idea of what they really are. And we've talked about several essentials for the church. In other words, when everything else is peeled away, stripped away, all the trappings, uh, the extras, the non-essentials, what are the essentials for the church? And I would encourage you to go back and listen to previous podcasts to get the rest of them. But we're at that uh, fifth essential today. And it is this, at the very heart 
of the Church of Jesus Christ is His mission. And I want to put the emphasis on His mission, what we were just talking about. And I want to tell you, nowhere is that more evident than in the story of the early church. And we, again, have been looking at Acts, and we're going to go back there again, and we're going to look at this early church and see that the mission of Jesus is right at the heart of of the church, and it was in that early church. Well, in Acts chapter 1, verse 6, here Jesus is about to ascend back to the Father. And so verse 6 says, When they had come together, they were asking Him, Jesus, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? So he, they were wondering, you know, we're under the Roman domination. Now you've died and you've raised and you're victorious. Are you about ready to, to restore uh, the kingdom to Israel and bring us out from under this Roman domination? And is that is that your messianic kingdom going to happen here. And they were thinking about that future eternal kingdom. And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know the times or epochs which the Father has fixed by His own authority, but, here verse 8, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. So here, Jesus once again, right before He lifts off to go back to heaven, He gives them a reminder of His mission, of the one that we just read in Matthew chapter 28 that He had told them earlier after His resurrection. He reminds them of His mission and says, you you wait here, you're going to get the Holy Spirit. He's going to come. He's going to be with you forever. But, uh, but until then, you wait. But when He comes, then you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to f- uh, fulfill my mission. You're going to be my ambassadors. And it's going to start in Jerusalem and then go to Judea and Samaria and to the remotest part of the earth. That's what's going to happen. Well, did it happen? Just turn over one chapter to Acts chapter 2, and and in Acts chapter 2, you see the very first outreach on the day of Pentecost, 10 days after this, uh, 10 days after Christ ascended, the Holy Spirit comes. He sends the Holy Spirit on, on that day of Pentecost, and Peter, Peter stands up when the people started making fun of them. And, and accusing them of being drunk at an early hour of the day, Peter stands up and he gives a message of the gospel of Jesus Christ under the influence, the power, the direction of the Holy Spirit. And the scriptures tell us clearly there in verse 41 that that day there were added 3,000 souls. They received his word. They were baptized, 3,000 of them. And then the verse that we've been reading in this series, verse 42, they were continually super devoting themselves to the apostles teaching the word of God and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. So those things were going on and they were definitely on mission. And, And I'll tell you, God was working through that because verse 47 of chapter 2 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. God was working to fulfill His mission and He was doing it through them. But we're not done. Acts chapters 3 and 4, and I could add add 5 to that, uh, we see that they continue to be on mission in the face of direct opposition. Peter and John in Acts 3 go up to the temple at the hour of prayer intending, I'm sure, to pray. And there's a man that's been lame from birth and and um, he wants money from them. And they, and they said, silver and gold we don't have, but in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. And the guy got up and walked to the power of God. 
attracted a crowd. What did Peter do? He preached the gospel. What did uh, what did the religious leaders do? They reacted and arrested them. And and uh, through the process of chapters three and four, they were threatened and told not to to uh, talk about the name of Jesus again. And Peter said, "Well, we've got to do it. We have to do it. That that's a God given thing. We've got to obey God rather than man. And there's no other name given under heaven whereby men can be saved except through the name of Jesus. We're on mission here, no matter what the opposition." beaten or whatever, yet they kept on doing it. And and they kept on, on, on uh, uh, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Verse 31 of chapter 4 says, when they prayed, uh, the place where they gathered was shaken. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began to speak the word of God with boldness. They weren't letting anything stop them about that mission, I wonder. Today, uh, what stops us from being on mission? The Church of Jesus Christ. Are, do we have churches, local assemblies, part of the greater uh, capital C, Church of Jesus Christ, that are on mission, that are absolutely on mission for Christ like this early New Testament church was in the face of opposition and persecution? Chapter 5 shows us that there was growth in, in, uh, in the face of all that opposition. Chapter 5, verse 14 says, And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes, multitudes of men and women were constantly added to their number. There was some serious stuff going on here, some serious growth, but it was in the middle of great opposition. Great opposition. And you know, we live, uh, as I'm talking here, I live in the West, in the, I live in, in, in America, in the United States of America, and, and it is still relatively friendly territory. You know, we don't face the kind of persecution and opposition that many others in other countries around the world do. And it seems like the church has gotten sort of uh, soft and and satisfied in in many cases. Now, I know there there are exceptions to the rule, but God help us. Here in this early church, growth continued to happen in spite of opposition. And speaking of opposition, in Acts chapter 8, we see great persecution that began against the church in Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria, except the apostles. And here's what the scripture said, verse 4. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about what? Preaching the word. Out of Jerusalem. Jesus said, you're going to start in Jerusalem, go to Judea and Samaria. And they might have gotten kind of comfortable with all that wonderful growth that was going on there in Judea and Samaria. But the Lord let sovereignly push them out. He used that persecution to push them out of Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria. And they didn't go hide. They went about wherever they were preaching the word. They were on mission. Acts chapter 10 tells the story of Peter and the vision that he got to go down to the house of Cornelius. And there, Peter the ultimate Jew, Peter, takes the gospel to the Gentiles in obedience to the directive that he got from from the Lord Jesus Christ. He went and preached to the Gentiles, and this Gentile man and his whole household were saved and baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit on that day. And then one last one, and there are many more, but this last one that I'll deal with is Acts chapter 13, where uh, Paul had been saved and he and Barnabas were commissioned by the church at Antioch to go out in the first missionary journey, and now they're going to the remotest part of the world. 
to Jerusalem, to Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the world, they take that mission. That was the first of three missionary journeys, extended ones, that Paul went on. And then he wrote at least 13 books of the New Testament. Oh my goodness, that early church was on mission. Well, I want to tell you, when I was four years old, my mom and dad came to faith in Jesus Christ. They were truly converted. And as brand new believers, they went to a little country church just north of Bel Air, Maryland, and began attending that little church that was at that time about 10 years old, started by uh, a man by the name of Pastor Cal Childers. He had started that church. It was always and always has been to this very day a little country church, uh, not a highly tended church. I don't even know if they ever consistently had a hundred people in attendance uh, on a consistent basis. And now it's much less than that. But it's, uh, it's in its 70th years I make this podcast. And I want to tell you, that little church, they, as far as I know, they didn't have a specific plan or strategy to be on mission. But in spite of that, in spite of that, it was a place where I was saved back in 1966. I was saved gloriously as a 10-year-old boy. God called me to preach. And, and just the impact of the, of the ministry that God has allowed me to have over these years. People have been saved and, and, and numerous things have gone on even through the ministry that God's given me. I don't say that in a bragging way. What I'm saying is that little church had impact in terms of the mission that Jesus given them, has given us even without a specific strategy. And that's just my story. There are many, many stories that came out of that one little country church, and they continue to do it today. I want to tell you, God wants to work and work His mission. And I want to encourage you as I close this particular podcast today, I want to encourage you to be in a church. Find a church. Be in a church that's on mission. On mission for Jesus Christ. That is serious about making disciples. That's serious about reaching out to a world that needs so desperately the good news of Jesus Christ. Well, think about that. Until next time, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.